Shalom and welcome to SightedMoon.com. I'm your host, Joseph Dumont. Once again, we are about to give you another teaching that I think you're going to like. I hope you do. We're coming to that time of year when the Jewish reckoning of years, which is this year's 5777, and the years that I'm telling you about, which is from the creation of Adam until this present day, is 5853, as of this new sighting of the moon starting the month of Aviv here in uh, 2017, just in case you're listening to this down the road in another year. Why is there 76 years difference between what I'm saying and what the rabbis are saying is 5777? Now we have this in our book, Remembering the Spell Years of 2016, and it's chapter, uh, chapter 26, I believe, and you can go there and read it. And I've got it in a newsletter, and we're posting that as a newsletter, but I'm going to do this in the podcast so you can listen to it as well. And we can add some other things in here um, as we go. It says in Exodus 12, 2, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. That is the month that Passover takes place in. And in 2017, Passover is about to take place in the month of April. So the first of Aviv is going to be about March 29th. Now we're making this before the uh, this podcast before the the moon is sighted, so it'll be the 29th or the 30th of March in 2017. But the rabbis start their year for the year 5777. They started at the Feast of Trumpets. Now we're going to have another podcast explaining how that came about, but for this one, I just want to talk about the 76 years difference. Why is there 76 years difference? You know, those of you who've read the book should be able to remember this, be able to teach it to somebody. If you can't remember it, then listen or read the newsletter and go back and review this in the book. And you can get that book at Amazon.com or you can go to Ex Libris and order it directly from them. We have the e-books on our website. And, you know, let me take a, a commercial minute right now and advertise us a little bit. I want to thank those people who are joining us and making a monthly contribution of $5, 10 15 or $50 to help support this work. 
James has just lost his computer, so he's down. He's going to be off the air for a while until he gets a new computer. I've just had to update mine. Mine crashed last week, the two weeks before that. For two weeks, we had no internet connection because of problems with Bell Telephone Supplier. But these things all cost money to maintain and to upkeep and to keep the website running. We've just had to boost the website because a lot of people have, uh, you know, a thousand people a day are coming to the website. And the bandwidth is being used up, therefore the website has been very slow the past month. Once we figured out what the problem was, we had to boost it up and you know, that's another couple hundred dollars. So I want to thank those of you who are contributing on a monthly basis. It means a lot, it helps a lot. Those $5 a month at $60 a year helps us a great deal. Just to, to put off these costs and to be able to share this message and share these teachings with you to help you so that you can share these teachings with other people. If you're not a, a monthly donor, then I would ask you to consider going to our donation page at sightedmoon.com and just make a monthly donation. You can make a one-time donation. But with a monthly donation, we can plan a little bit our work. That's all. And as you've heard in other podcasts, we are trying to help those in Africa. We're trying to help those in the Philippines. We're trying to do more in other places around the world to teach them about the calendar, to teach them about the crescent moon, the barley, uh, the holy days, and the sabbatical and jubilee years, and the prophecies that they reveal. So I'm asking you to come on board and, and be a part of the team that helps us to do this. Your prayers are also needed. You know, I've just had a small attack again from people that don't like what I'm saying. So your prayers are needed. And, you know, the trouble we've had with the Internet and the trouble we've had with our computers, your prayers are needed. So I thank you for that. So let's get back to our subject at hand. The difference between the year 5777 on the, the rabbinic Hebrew calendar and the year 5853 after the creation of Adam both years start with the creation, but mine is according to the sabbatical and jubilee cycles. And we'll show that to you in another podcast. But here, as the new year begins, and we're about to have this question come up of why the difference, so we're going to address that today. Now, I want you to open up your Bibles, and if you're driving, just, you know, think about this later. And if you're walking, think about this, you know, when you get back home. Go to your Bible and open it up to Matthew 1. Matthew 1, and we're going to start reading verse 7 to 9. Solomon begot, and this is the history, uh, the ancestry of Yeshua. Solomon begot Rehoboam. Rehoboam begot Abijah. Abijah begot Asa. Asa begot Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat begot Joram. And Joram begot Uzziah. Uzziah begot Jotham. Jotham begot Ahaz. And Ahaz begot Hezekiah. So just from that, you should have your answer as to why there are 76 years difference between our year of 5853 and the Hebrew year of 5777. It's right there in Matthew 1, verse 8. Look at it. Matthew 1, verse 8. It tells you. Okay, this is a little joke I do on people when I'm doing this. It actually doesn't tell you. What it does is it leaves out four kings. There are four kings there that are left out of the chronology of Yeshua. Why? Why are these four kings left out? Those four kings are Ah, Ahaz, no, I'm sorry if I get the names mixed up here. Ahaziah, 
who reigned uh, for one year in 841 BC, Athaliah, his mother, who took over after his death, and she reigned for six years, Jehoaz, who was the brother of Ahaziah, who reigned for 40 years, and Amaziah, the son of Jehoash, who reigned for 29 years. All of these four kings, well, three kings and one queen, their chronology, their remembrance, has been removed from the chronology. Now, you can get their names, you can get the dates that they, they, they lived and when they reigned in B.C. years from the Mysterious Numbers of the Hebrew Kings by Edwin Thiel. This is a great book, and if you haven't got it in your library, you need to get it. It's a great book to have. I refer to it many, many times. When you add up all those years, the total number of years that they reigned is 76 years. That's amazing. Have I got you confused yet? Do you know what's going on? Why is this happening? We read it. We got to go back to Deuteronomy. There are certain commandments that Jehovah puts into effect that, you know, we got to find out where they take place. Why, why are these laws here if we're not going to use them? Deuteronomy 29, verse 16 to 19. For you know that we dwelt in the land of Egypt, and that we came through the nations which you passed by, and you saw their abominations and their idols which were among them, wood and stone and silver of gold, so that there may be so that there may not be among you man or woman or family or tribe whose heart turns away today from Jehovah to go and serve the gods of these nations, and that there may not be among you a root of root-bearing bitterness or wormwood, so it may not happen when he hears the words of this curse, that he blesses himself in his heart, saying, I shall have peace even though I follow the dictates of my heart, as though the drunkard could be included with the sober. Okay, so listen now. The Lord would not spare him, for then the anger of the Lord and his jealousy would burn against that man, and every curse that is written in this book would settle on him, and the Lord would blot out his name from under heaven. So here in Deuteronomy 29, verse 6, well actually verse 19, we're reading about the names of people who go against Jehovah, who go and, and worship the Baals. Their names are actually going to be blotted out. That's a serious thing. But where do we read about this? I'm telling you, these four kings have done this very thing. They've rebelled against Jehovah, and their names have been blotted out. But what is it that they did? And the only way to find that out is to go to your Bible and start reading. That's, uh, we've got another verse to read. Exodus 20, verse 3 to 6. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make, this is, you know, this is the covenant agreement. This is the thing we did at Mount Sinai. This is what Passover represents. This is the covenant that we made at Shavuot. This is the thing that we're to review every sabbatical cycle, which we did last year at Sukkot. And we did this at the... Uh, Joshua's altar, where this Torah was read out loud, we did it again, you know, 3,000 years later. Exodus 20, verse 3, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness or of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. 
You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. This is where we get the mercy of Jehovah. The mercy comes in to those who love him and keep his commandments. And if you're not keeping his commandments, then you don't love him. Because it says in 1 John, if you love me, keep the commandments. Or that's actually John. If you love me, keep the commandments. And it says in 1 John, those who say they love him and keep not the commandments are liars. Which are you? Do you love him? Then you keep the commandments. If you're a liar, then you say you keep the commandments. Or you say you love him, but you don't keep the commandments. Those people who break his commandments, who don't love him, their names are going to be blotted out. And it says here to the third and fourth generation. So where has this happened in history? These four kings are the example of these very two verses in Deuteronomy and in Exodus of them actually taking place. These four kings have their names blotted out. And as you see in the chronology of Yeshua, they are not there. So let's read. Let's start reading about this event. What happened? What did they do? 2 Chronicles 24, verse 7. For the sons of Athaliah, that wicked woman, had broken into the house of God and had also presented all the dedicated things of the house of the Lord to the Baals, the false gods. Now we read that because of this event, another thing happened that is mentioned there, and we, we don't understand exactly why, but this is why because it takes place at the same time. And it's found in the uh, 2 Kings 8.22. Because of this blasphemous event that Athaliah and her sons did, the, the priests who were stationed at Libna revolted. Uh, 2 Kings 8.22. Thus Edom has been in revolt against Judah's authority to this day. And Libna revolted at that time. And the reason that Libna, the city of Libna, revolted was because of what this queen had done and her sons. So Libna is one of the Aaronic cities spoken of in Joshua 21.13. Thus to the children of Aaron, the priests, they gave Hebron with its common land, a city of refuge for the slayer. Libna with its common land. So Libna is part of the cities given to Aaron. So these people in, in Libna objected violently to Joram's desecration of Solomon's temple. While Jor for Joram's blasphemy, Jehovah judged not only his wife Athaliah, but his son Ahaziah and grandson Jehash or Joash and great-grandson Amaziah. Listen to what is being said here. Your sins, if it it's a sin, a rebellion against Jehovah. Your son, your grandson, your great-grandson can have their name removed from the book of life. This is a serious thing here. Let's read some more. Let's read more about what they actually did. We're going to go to 2 Kings 8.24-27. So Joram rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. Then Ahaziah, his son, reigned in his place. In the twelfth year of Joram of the son of Ahab, king of Israel, Ahaziah the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, began to reign. Ahaziah was twenty-two years old when he became king, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Athaliah, the granddaughter of Omri, king of Israel. And he walked 
in the way of the house of Ahab, and did evil in the sight of the Lord, like the house of Ahab, for he was the son-in-law of the house of Ahab. So this army, that's another teaching I could talk about, the house of Omri and, and the, the laws of Omri came in, and how, you know, in the Assyrians, they couldn't even say the name of Omri, but they said, house of Omri, they said Bet Kumri. And this is where we get the Bet Kumri, and this is where we get the understanding of who the Ten Lost Tribes became known as, as, as their, by their captors, the Assyrians, as the house of Bet Kumri. And they became the Kumerians and they became the Kimmerians, and they became the Sumerians, and those people became the Sumerians, and then they became the Celtic people of today. Another teaching, another time. Let's get back to the story about uh, Athaliah here. That was the life of Joram. So we've just read about Joram, and he was replaced by his son Ahaziah, who was 22 years old, and reigned for just one year. This is 841 BC. Then in 2 Kings chapter 11, we read some more. Chapter 11, 1 to 3. When Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead. So Athaliah, okay, is the, uh, the wife of Joram. She's the mother of Ahaziah, the grandmother, and the mother of all these other kings that are coming here. So listen to what she does. When Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the royal heirs. Athaliah, the mother, got up and killed all the sons, all her sons, and those potential heirs to the throne. This is a very lovely person to have for a mother. Continuing on here. But Je Jehosheba, the daughter of the king of Joram, which is also the daughter of Athaliah, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the king's sons who were being murdered, and they hid him and his nurse in the bedroom from Athaliah, so that he was not killed. So he was hidden with her in the house of the Lord for six years, while Athaliah reigned. Talk about a patent place taking place here. You think that things going on in, in Washington, D.C. are interesting. Now, this was extremely interesting here. This mother... Athaliah killed her sons, killed her grandsons, which were the children of Ahaziah, but this nurse hid the one son, or he would have been killed too. Unbelievable, unbelievable. <laughs> Your Bible is so exciting, so wow, look what's going on here. So now let's go on to verse 4, 2 Kings uh, chapter 11, verse 4, and we're going to read verse 4 to 8. In the seventh year, Jehoiada sent and brought the captains, captains of hundreds of the bodyguards and the escorts and brought them into the house of the Lord to him. And he made a covenant with them and took an oath from them in the house of the Lord and showed them the king's son. Then he commanded them, saying, This is what you shall do. One third of you who come on duty on the Sabbath shall be keeping watch over the king's house. One third shall be at the gate of Sir and one-third at the gate behind the escorts. You shall keep the watch of the house, lest it be broken down. The two contingents of you who go off duty on the Sabbath shall keep the watch of the house of the Lord for the king. But you shall surround the king on all sides, every man with his weapons in his hand, and whoever comes within range, let him be put to death. You are to be with the king as he goes out and as he comes in. 
verses 9 to 12. So the king, so the captains of the hundreds did according to all that Jehoiada, the priest, commanded. Each of them took his men who were to be on duty on the Sabbath with those who were going off duty on the Sabbath and came to Jehoiada, the priest. And the priest gave the captains of hundreds the spears and shields which belonged to King David that were in the temple of the Lord. Then the escort stood, every man with his weapons in his hand, all around the king, from the right side of the temple to the left side of the temple, by the altar and the house. And he brought out the king's son, put the crown on him, and gave him the testimony. They made him king and anointed him. And they clapped their hands and said, Long live the king! Long live the king! Long live the king! We do the same thing today with the coronation of Queen Elizabeth in 1953. Go and watch the old videos. Go and watch the pomp and ceremony of this great event and see what is taking place. When her father died, the king is dead. That was the announcement. The king is dead. And the very next breath that comes out of their mouth is, long live the queen. Or if it's a king that's the next to take reign, long live the king. The king is dead. Long live the next king. Right? This is a, a ceremony that's going on in England all these years because these descendants in England have descended from King David, from these kings that we're now reading about here. You know, we're playing this, this theme music of Zadok the priest. Right? Zadok the priest. And that's what this music is called. I'm going to play the whole thing at the end here. That was the intro. That's the background music now. But this is going to play at the end. I want you to listen to it. So we began this set with the British National Anthem, which was done at the Queen Coronation back in 1953. That's an original recording. And the background music is called the Zadok the Priest, another coronation that was sung at the Queen's Coronation back in 1953. And we'll play the whole thing at the end of this, this uh, presentation. Long live the King. This is a big deal. It's not just a couple guys over here saying that out loud. This is a huge deal. Everyone's saying it. Everyone's clapping their hands. And listen to the crowds here as they say this on the recording. So as you just heard, this was a big deal. Lots of crowds, lots of people shouting. It would be heard all over the city of David. And Athaliah heard these shouts. So now we go on to verse 13 of 2 Kings 11, chapter, or 2 Kings chapter 11, 13 to 14. Now when Athaliah heard the noise, so this commotion, this noise, this, this long live the king being shouted out. When Athaliah heard the noise of the escorts and the people, she came to the people in the temple of the Lord. When she looked... There was the king standing by a pillar according to custom, and the leaders of the trump and the trumpeters were by the king, and the people of the land were rejoicing and blowing trumpets. So Athaliah tore her clothes and cried, Treason, treason. This pillar stone that the king is anointed on is the same pillar stone today that is now found underneath the seat of Westminster Abbey upon which the kings and queens of England are coronated. This is the same stone that Jacob rested his head upon and had the dream of the angels going up and down to heaven. And it's upon this stone that every king of England has been crowned. This is that stone that's been anointed. This is that stone that jo uh, Jacob anointed at that time. 
this stone has been in the temple. And you just read about Joash being anointed at this pillar. So this is something very significant in the history of England, in the history of our people, the history of the tribes of Israel. It's called the Stone of Scone. In Gaelic, it's Anlafael. Anlafael. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. My Gaelic, just like my Hebrew, is very poor. The Stone of Destiny. This is the coronation stone that Queen Elizabeth sat on, and it sits in Westminster Abbey to this day. Let's go back to 2 Kings 11, verse 15 and 21. And Jehoiada, the priest, commanded the captains of the hundreds, the officers of the army, and said to them, Take her outside under guard and slay with the sword whoever follows her. For the priest had said, Do not let her be killed in the house of the Lord. So they seized her, and she went by the way of the horse's entrance into the king's house, and there she was killed. Then Jehoiada made a covenant between the Lord, the king, and the people that they should buy the Lord's that they should be the Lord's people and also between the king and the people and all the people of the land went to the temple of Baal and tore it down they thoroughly broke in pieces its altars and images and killed Matan the priest of Baal before the altars and the priest appointed officers over the house of the Lord then they then he took the captains of hundreds and the bodyguards and the escorts of the people and and all the people of the land and they brought the king down from the house of the Lord and went by way of the gate of the escorts to the king's house. Then he sat on the throne of the kings. So all the people of the land rejoiced. Rejoiced. Listen to the song here. Rejoice. And the city was quiet, for they had slain Athaliah with a sword in the king's house. Jehoash was seven years old when he became king. This was a big deal. So right now we have the reign of Ahaziah, who reigned for one year, and that of his mother, Athaliah, who reigned for six years. Now some chronologists lump those two together and give all six, all seven years to Athaliah. Okay, I'm not going to dispute which way is what. I'm just recording here what happened and who was who and when it took place. So now we read in 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 24, verse 1. Joash was seven years old when he became king, and he reigned for 40 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Zibla of Bathsheba. So she was married to Ahaziah. Ahaziah. Okay, I might stay with me. This We're not done yet. In 2 Kings 14, 1 and 2, in the second year of Joash, the son of Jehoaz, the king of Israel. So the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah all had similar names during this time because they were closely related, right? They weren't quite at war with each other yet. Again, that's another thing. The house of Israel was Israel. And the house of Judah are the Jews. They were two separate tribes and they went to war with each other. And you're reading about the kings of Judah and the kings of Israel here, but they're two separate tribes. And the Jews today who are in what is called the state of Israel are not Israel per se. They are of the tribes of Israel, but they are the tribes of Judah, Benjamin and Levi. They are the tribes of Judah. And the tribes of Israel are still in the diaspora. 
And again, this is an important thing to understand. We'll get to that in one of these future teachings. It's in our book, The 2300 Days of Hell, the first uh, first four chapters, over 250 pages. It's also in our teachings on the 10 tribes of Israel, the 10 lost tribes. Go and watch it. You know, go and read it. These things you need to understand. If you want to understand Bible prophecy, you got to understand these things. The house of Israel was called Israel, and the house of Judah was called Judah. And today, the house of Israel is still in the diaspora, and the house of Judah is now returned in 1948, and they are set up the state of Israel, what is called the state of Israel. Okay? Okay, another little aside here. 2 Kings 14, 1-2. In the second year of Joash, the son of Jehoiaz, the king of Israel, Amaziah, the son of Joash, so here it is, Amaziah, the son of Joash, the king of Judah, became king. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jehoiadan of Jerusalem. Now, verses 19 and 21. And they formed a conspiracy against him in Jerusalem, and he fled to Lashish. But they sent after him to Lashish and killed him there. Then they brought him on horses, and he was buried at Jerusalem with his fathers in the city of David. So that is what took place with... Uh, Amaziah. Ahazariah reigned for one year. Athaliah for six years. Some people say seven, claiming her son's uh, one year. Joash reigned for 40 years. And Amaziah reigned for 29 years. So when you add those up, that adds up to be 76 years. Go ahead, add it up. 29 plus 40 is 69 plus 7 is 76 years. Okay, so there's the 76 years that are missing. Those 76 years were blotted out according to 2 King or Exodus uh, 20, right, what, that we read, and according to Deuteronomy to the fourth generation. So, this, we got to connect this to Matthew 1, verse 8. 2 Kings 15. In the 27th year of Jehoroboam, king of Israel, Azariah, the son of Amaziah, king of Judah, became king. He was 16 years old when he became king. And he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. This Azariah, Azariah, was also called Uzziah, just a few verses later, in 2 Kings 15, 13. And he's the very same Ozias of Matthew 1, 8. Jehovah said that he would blot out the names of those who rebel against him to the fourth generation and to those who hate him. Deuteronomy 29, 16 to 19, or actually verse 19 and Exodus 20, 3 to 6. These are the verses that tell us why Jehovah is going to blot out the names to the third and fourth generation of those who hate him and rebel against him. And this is what has happened in Matthew 1, uh, verse 8 where we're missing those four kings' names. They've been blotted out. But that's why we're missing the 76 years. And this year is 5853. 2017 is 5853. 5,853 years after the creation of Adam. So go to our library, look up the charts there, and see when when... You can download all these charts for free 
and uh, study them out. May Jehovah bless you with knowledge, with understanding, and with wisdom on how to use that understanding, how to use that knowledge that he's giving you so that you can understand when his appointed times are, when his calendar dates are, that we're to meet with him. May he open your eyes to understand his truths, not mine, not somebody else's, but the truths of Jehovah so that you can meet him on his appointed days at his appointed times. And we do this in the name and for the glory of the name of Jehovah. Amen. We're going to close out this program with the, the song of Zadok. And I want you to listen to it. This is the coronation song that's sung uh, when the kings and queens are coronated in, Engl in England. And they have been for hundreds, if not thousands of years. So listen to these words. Until next time, Shalom. Shalom.